0: This is the Movement of the Holy Family. Welcome to our Rosary Meditation. Let's begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We offer this rosary especially for the repose of the soul of Rick Mendoza. In fact, it's kind of a late rosary recording this evening, because Sandy and I and Teresa were at a very beautiful funeral mass for Rick Mendoza. We offer this for his wife Bonnie and their children Stasia and Jimmy. And it was so wonderful after the funeral to to meet a number of Bonnie's siblings from New Jersey and Long Island and Boston who all flew out for the funeral. And they are committed to the Rosary Podcast. So we make a special call out, shout out to Rich and Nancy Tobin and many of their siblings who came out. Wonderful, absolutely outstanding to meet you. Thanks for coming out for the funeral. Thanks for being committed to the rosary, and we'll see you in New Jersey in March. Now we've been meditating on what we call in Catholic theology, the last things. And today we reflect on purgatory. Jesus speaks about purgatory in the Sermon on the Mount. Our Lord said, If you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Make friends quickly with your accuser while you are going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard and you be put in prison. Truly I say to you, you will never get out till you have paid the last penny. Well, what is the price of sin? There is a twofold consequence of sin. Grave sin deprives us of communion with God, therefore it makes us incapable of eternal life. Jesus removes that with baptism or with the sacrament of reconciliation, confession. The second consequence of sin is what we call temporal punishment, a disordered attachment to the things of this world, which manifests itself in the seven deadly sins. Pride, vain ambition, envy, sloth, anger, greed, gluttony, lust, these prevent us from the complete, perfect union with God in heaven. We should remove these vices in this life, but if we don't, then God in his mercy will purify us from them in purgatory. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name.
1: Lead all souls to heaven, especially those
0: in most need of mercy. Both Saint Peter and Saint Paul describe purgatory as a purifying fire. Paul writes in First Corinthians, For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any one builds on that foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, each man's work will become manifest for Judgment Day will disclose it, but it will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work which any man has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If any man's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only through fire. Now the day refers to our particular judgment. And notice how it's described as a fiery trial. Paul can't be referring to hell because those who undergo this purifying fire will be saved. He can't be referring to heaven because there will be no loss in heaven. So he's teaching about purgatory. And St. Peter writes, Through your faith, God's power will guard you until the salvation which has been prepared is revealed at the end of time. This is a cause for great joy for you, even though you may for a short time have to bear being plagued by all sorts of trials, so that when Jesus Christ is revealed, your faith will have been tested and proved like gold. Only it is more precious than gold, which is corruptible, even though it bears testing by fire. And then you will have praise and glory, and honor. So once again, like Paul, Peter says that our faith will be purified by fire. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven.
1: Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be
0: to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit.
1: As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end.
0: Amen. Oh, my Jesus.
1: Forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy.
0: Well, how can we as Catholics believe in purgatory when the word purgatory is not even in the Bible? Well, actually, the Bible does speak about purgatory. Now, the Bible speaks of three places after death Heaven, which the Bible calls heaven, Hell, which Jesus calls Gehenna, or the unquenchable fire reserved for those who refuse to believe and be converted, and then the Bible speaks of a third place, which is named. Sheol in Hebrew, or Hades in Greek. Now, later, the Bible was translated from Hebrew and Greek into Latin. Purgatory is the Latin word for Sheol and Hades. Thus, purgatory is in the Bible. Purgatory is Sheol, or Hades. Now, lots of people don't believe in purgatory. But the book of Revelation says that nothing unholy will enter heaven. This means that pride, vanity, envy, anger, sloth, greed, gluttony, lust, gossip, grudges, impatience, and so on, these things can't be in heaven. Well, what are we going to do there? No, I don't mean what are we going to do because there's not those vices there, but what are we going to do? Because most usually, when we die, we still have these in us. And if these can't be in heaven, then what are we going to do? Well, thankfully, the infinitely merciful love of God can purify us after death. And this is purgatory. Otherwise, you'd just be SOL. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven.
1: Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us.
0: And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Actually, one time I said that to a group of nuns and one of them came up to me afterward and said, Dr. Schurz, like what does S-O-L mean? I wasn't quite sure how to explain it to a group of nuns.
1: Pray for us, sinners, now and at the hour of
0: our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit.
1: As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.
0: Oh, my Jesus.
1: Forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most
0: need of thy mercy. Purgatory is the purifying fire of God's desire for us And our desire for Him. Where those two desires meet, everything else is burned away. Purgatory is not a prison and it's not a place of punishment. Purgatory is an inner fire, the inner fire of desire. It's where we encounter God's great desire for us. His desire for us inflames our desire for Him, and as we come nearer to Him, We desire him more and more. And then we let go. We get rid of all of our disordered attachments. Our disordered desires are burned away in the fire of God's love for us. Now, St. Faustina was taken to purgatory, and she was allowed to speak to the souls there, who said their greatest torment was longing for God. Their desire for God was the purifying fire, purging away all misplaced desires that stood between them and God. Once Faustina wrote, This evening, one of the deceased sisters came and asked me for one day of fasting and to offer all my spiritual exercises for her on that day. I answered that I would, and from early morning, On the following day, I offered everything for her intention. During Holy Mass, I had a brief experience of her torment. I experienced such intense hunger for God that I seemed to be dying of the desire to become united with Him. This lasted only a short time, but I understood what the longing of the souls in purgatory was like.
1: Lead all
0: souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. We travel to God by our desire for him. So if we want a deep friendship with God in this life, and perfect union with him in heaven immediately after death, with no layover in purgatory, I hate layovers then the most important thing is to increase our desire for God. Now, we increase our desire for anything by thinking about it. If you want to increase your desire for God, then we need to spend more time thinking about Him, thinking about heaven. The goal of life is intimacy with Jesus. The problem is that we don't desire or long for this intimacy with Him above all other things. And the saints say that's because we've glutted ourselves with bodily pleasures. We are full to the gills with the pleasures of this world. Therefore, we have no hunger for God. That's where fasting comes in. Fasting increases our desire for God. Now, I know a lot of you out there hate the idea of fasting. But if we fast, we will increase our desire for God. So what is some small practice that we can do to deny our earthly desires and increase our desire for for Jesus? Fast from eating when you're not hungry. Fast from alcohol as a way to relax. Fast from your addiction to your screen. From your addiction to email, notifications, browsing
1: Sinners, now and at the hour of
0: our death. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit.
1: As it was in the beginning is now and ever shall be world
0: without end. And oh my Lord, Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. St Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle, be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil.